Good morning. Um, today, I want to talk to us about a particular subject that I believe God put on my heart. Um, I was glad we sang that song, I'm no longer a slave to sin, to fear, I'm a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear, I'm a child of God. Because the message could be fearful for some people, but it's it's what we're experiencing in this time is not something to be afraid of, but something to uh, run to God about. Because we're facing some difficult times in our country. Today, what I want to talk about is uh, just to title of the message. It's going to be called America's Last Call. And uh, you'll see in the message where I got that title from. But... Uh, want to first read from uh, 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1. And it says, this know also, I'm reading from the King James Version at this time, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, uh, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such turn away. Now, I want to emphasize that phrase there, denying the power thereof. What, what is the power of God? The power of God is the third person of the Trinity. It's the Holy Spirit. Uh, and his manifestations, his gifts, and his fruit. Uh, but particularly, the power of the Holy Ghost we saw on the day of Pentecost. Uh, so I want to read about that here. Uh, this is in Acts 2.14, famous Holy Spirit scripture. It was the fulfillment of Joel's prophecy, and in Acts it quotes Joel's prophecy. But Peter, this is verse 14, Acts 2.14, standing up with the eleven, lifted his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words, for these are not drunken as you suppose, seeing that it is but the third hour of the day. Now, I want to say something here, because when we talk about this particular time of the Holy Spirit falling, we always talk about the tongues. And that was very notable. People began to speak with tongues. But I want you to think about something here. Uh, there had to be more going on with this power of God falling on people than just the tongues. If you saw somebody speaking in another language, you would not assume that they're drunk. Right? There must have been some other thing about their appearance that people supposed that they were drunk. But that, and so he said, but that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel, now he's going to go on to quote Joel here, it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy. 
and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. One of the things I'm going to talk about today, and the Lord put on my heart, I'm going to read a couple of Brother Kenneth Hagin's prophecies about the time we're living in right now. That uh, he's given apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers till the church comes into one. So there's prophets today, just like there are pastors. And, uh, and part of what I'm going to read comes from this book here. If you haven't read it, you should read it. I, you should get it. Uh, it's called I Believe in Visions. And Brother Kenneth Hagin uh, had major visitations from the Lord where Jesus appeared to him a number of times in his lifetime. Um, I first read this book in probably 1985. I believe it was published in 72, first published. And so uh, Brother Hagin was an example of someone that saw visions. And we're going to talk about a couple of his prophecies today. But it says, so your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. And upon my servants and upon my handmaidens, I will pour out of my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. Men and women. This isn't limited. Some people say, uh, you know, a woman can't be a minister. Yes, she can. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood, fire, and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and notable day of the Lord. Remember back in Genesis when it says the sun and the moon were created. They were, of course, they were created to give light, but they were also created for times and seasons to show different times lunar and solar eclipses happen at times that God appointed and prophesied. He set the whole universe in motion so that at certain key times, even eclipses that happen, happen in correlation with sometimes judgment of nations, sometimes the blessing of nations. But uh, the sun and the moon are, and, and the eclipses that happen there show that God organized time, that he knew it from the beginning. So like we saw this, heard this thing a few years ago about the blood moons where you know, a number of key times in history, those uh, lunar eclipses appeared at exactly the same time Bible prophecy was being fulfilled. Just a sign. It's a sign that God started this whole universe with such precision that he knew what day uh, these things would happen. And so he said, that, he said that in Genesis, even the sun and the moon are signs. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Of course, we live in the age of grace and the day of salvation. And that's one of the things that uh, people need to not take fear in these times, but they can call upon the name of the Lord and he'll bring salvation. Uh, so I want to talk about, you know, just like people, you have a call on your life. God has a call for everybody to do something for him. It doesn't just have to be a call to ministry. God has a calling for your life. But just like people have calls on their lives, so do nations. So do nations. They have a call. America, when it was founded, it was founded by people who said, uh, we want to serve God with our whole heart and have a country where you can worship God freely. 
and many of our laws and our founding fathers. Most of our founding fathers and most of the people that signed the Declaration of Independence were uh, elders in their churches, Sunday school teachers. teachers. Uh, they were people who believed in God and who believed in serving him with their whole heart. This nation was founded, uh, a couple of the purposes of this nation has proven out that God has had a calling on it. The United States of America has preached the gospel all over the world more than any other nation. But one aspect of the gospel is what the things that we're reading about here in, uh, in Joel's prophecy and in Acts 2, chapter 2. And that is the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. When uh, you first get saved and give your whole heart to God, I always say this this way, uh, there are about three T's that God will deal with you about. He'll deal with you about the tithing, the tongues, and your talent. If you serve God with your whole heart, He wants you to be filled with His Spirit. He wants you to return the portion of, of what He blesses you with that belongs to Him and the talent. Will you use what God, the ability that God has given you to serve him, or will you use it to serve yourself? We see many people in Hollywood and in Nashville down here who have a great talent that God has given them, but they don't serve God with it. They serve themselves. And so, just like that, then America has a call on it. And you'll see this here, particularly about the Holy Spirit. God has revived the understanding of Pentecost in the last hundred years. And America has been at the center of it. You remember this time when the Holy Spirit fell, it was 50 days after Jesus rose from the dead. And it's the feast of Pentecost. Pentecost means 50. It's no uh, accident that America has 50 states. That's the number of Pentecost, and that's one of the main things. So early, what's happened in the past hundred years is there's been a continuous move of God through the earth that has just had different waves. Early on, there was just manifestations of the Holy Spirit and this tongues, and then there were great miracles that happened in the healing revivals through the 40s and 50s, and then on into the charismatic move and the teaching movement and the faith movement. And now what God wants to do in these days is he wants to put that all together and have a work of faith and power at the same time. We believe that this will be the time that the power of God will fall in such a way in different places that it will manifest the pressure, bring the precious fruit of the earth in and it will bring the end of this age. So early on in American history, uh, in, or in this century, I should say, uh, we heard, and it's an interesting study, if you look it up, about what was called the Azusa Street Revival. Uh, this happened in Los Angeles, California, by a, a, a preacher named William Seymour. Uh, he sometimes would even uh, pray with a box over his head because he didn't want people looking at him. And the power of God fell in that little mission house so strongly that the glory of God would fill the room. Sometimes you couldn't see across the room because there was just a white 
cloud in the room that you couldn't. I've, I've had experiences with that myself. I'm sure others have. And it's just the manifest presence of God. It's his glory. Another time, people saw fire, just like you read in the book of Acts, on the top of the building and called the fire department, said it was on fire, and the firemen showed up and there was no fire. But the power of God was falling. So early on, as God began to restore this end-time revival, it was marked by the Holy Spirit. Children would walk around and pray for people, and they would get miraculous healings, miraculous deliverances. And this began in the United States of America in this little spot and touched the whole world. People came from everywhere and carried that Holy Spirit fire to other parts of the world. Um, Seymour had a prophecy that's very pertinent to us today. And that is, uh, and I will say this, once you judge, a pro you should judge prophecy. A lot of people prophesy a lot of things and they're just talking out of their head or they're just lying. So you have to judge these things according to scripture. But Seymour had a prophecy that in about a hundred years there would come another move like that. But instead of, instead of it being localized to one place like there in Los Angeles, it would be everywhere. And that's what's starting to happen today. It, it's coming just like, just like he prophesied. So then another thing happened as, as time went on, which this was one of the purposes and callings of the United States, was we blessed and helped Israel become established as a nation. The sign of the end times happened in 1948 when a nation was born in a day, as the, as the Bible prophesied. You can hardly turn very many pages in the Old Testament without seeing something about these end times. A third of the Bible is prophecy. So... Uh, God prophesied, I'll scatter Israel all over the earth till, this, till the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled, and I'll bring you back at the very end. And the nation that sees that happen, or I'm sorry, the generation that sees that happen will not pass away till they see all things fulfilled. That happened in 1948. On the very day that Israel declared itself a nation, President Truman recognized Israel on the same day it was established. America was a friend of God's uh, people Israel. Now, let me say this. A lot of times you hear people say, just a side thought, but a lot of times you hear people say that Israel is God's chosen people. Well, God used, they were God's chosen people, and they still are, but so are you. See, God used Israel to bring Jesus into the earth, and now... Everyone on earth because of Israel is chosen. So Israel is special by covenant because God has covenants and promises that he has to fulfill with them. But they're not any more special than you to God. And so, um, but God used America, again, in conjunction with the nation of Israel to help establish it and bring his plans and his purposes in, in the last days uh, to fruition. So, um, like I said, Truman said he felt, he felt called. I mean, it was a big deal to him that he was able to do that. So, um, what I want to talk about next is uh, a couple of Brother Hagen's prophecies, and I'm just going to read them. They're kind of long. Uh, 
they're not too long, but Brother Hagen prophesied some things. Uh, I'm going to start with the one in 1963, and then I'm going to go on to another one that was back in about 1950. From from this from the book, I believe in visions is where the the second prophecy comes from. This one uh, you can find online. This first one. And I want you to see if it sounds like the times we live in today. Um, It says, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and the Spirit of God moved upon me. The voice of God spoke unto me and said, Come up, come up hither, son of man. Now, in certain visions and things that he had, God would would bring him up above, you know, he was laying there or kneeling or praying, and in the Spirit he would go up above, sometimes even above the earth. One time he even went to, towards the very throne of God. But in these, kind of prof, in these kind of visions, God will show you things that sometimes are symbolic. You'll see visions like he saw a hand coming out of the ocean. We'll read about, and he knew what it meant. You kind of, when you're in this state where God's illuminating your spirit, sometimes you'll just know things. You, you might look at something and just know what it means. Like, how could you do that? Well, that's a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. How could you just know what that means? Well, you do. Um, so, I went up into the air and stood with him, the head of the church, even the Lord Jesus Christ in the air. As I looked down upon the ground, I could see a map laid out before me of the entire nation, all of the states of the continental United States. As I looked, he said, Behold, son, and I'll show you what shall come to pass and what the eyes of many shall see. And they shall remember that they heard it, and it'll come to pass. For there came a dark hand out of the east, even the Atlantic Ocean. It came up out of the sea as a hand, and it rose up into the air, and became a dark cloud, and filled the whole atmosphere. It swept inland like a storm from sea. I said, Lord, what what is the meaning of this? And he spoke unto me and said, Son, this is the darkness of atheistic communism that is sweeping across the nation. This is 1963. Even in the minds of men in high places and politicians with great power. And this nation shall not grow more strong. You shall never have more liberty than you have right now. But liberties that you've known shall be seized and taken from you. People are proposing these kind of things right now. When they say you shouldn't have a freedom of speech to talk about God, when they call the Bible, uh, they say that the Bible causes mental illness, that you shouldn't even read it. Uh, These kind of things are happening right now. And I looked again and I could see upon the map a blot as though a bottle of ink had been spilled. It spread across several states in the south and east. Then I looked and I could see spots all over the map. I said, Lord, what's this mean? He said, communistic inspired hatred among races shall cause greater turmoil in your nation than you have seen up till now. It's not the will of God, but men's hearts are perverse. Remember we read that in that scripture. Evil men seducers will grow worse and worse. They walk without the love of God. They seek to have their own way. And so it shall be worse than you've seen. And I said, Lord, is there a remedy? Of course there's a remedy. Is there a remedy? What is the answer? 
And he said, evil men and seducers will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. And I said, Lord, is there nothing we have to look forward to in the future except darkness and blackness, destruction and evil? He said, son, don't forget your text, for you look at things not seen. That was the text he was, the scripture he was using. So then I looked into the spirit realm and I saw falling upon the map, See, at the same time, the light's getting lighter and the dark's getting darker. I saw falling on the map balls, a ball of fire from heaven. The closer it got to the earth, the bigger it got. When it came to the earth, it divided into smaller balls or like sparks of fire, and it fell upon men. Remember, this is what we read about in the book of Acts. Same thing. And the fire of God came on them, and there sat on their heads a tongue of fire. When I first saw it, I thought their whole head was on fire, but... It was a tongue of fire, tongues of fire leaping. I said, what does this mean? And he said, before the worst shall come, and that day of darkness shall come, there shall go out those who shall carry the fullness of my truth and fire, not only to the states of this nation, but to many places. For there is a work that must be done, first spiritually, before the Lord shall come. Now prepare your hearts, for the time is at hand. The beginning is now, and you shall see and know. For the hand of the Lord is upon you and many others to be used in these last days, and the work shall progress. And I said unto him, O Lord, thank you that I may have a small place in this work. He said, I will cause your tent to be enlarged. At this time he was ministering to 20, 30, 50 people at a time. He got up to where... You know, I've been in, been in some of the services where there was 12,000 people at once. Therefore, go back to there and be faithful. Give what I tell you to give. And you've been reluctant in days gone by to tell it. Now tell it boldly and speak the truth. For now is, is the day that it shall be so. For the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, The prophetic vision shall be restored unto the church. For even in the days of old, under the old covenant, the prophet would see a vision and prophesy. And the prophetic vision would be restored unto the church. This is the time. This is the hour. This is the place. That's 1963. Now this next prophecy, and this is what the Lord put on my heart to read these prophecies. This comes from the book, I Believe in Visions. In fact, it starts on page 45 in that book. Recommend that you get it. Uh, and as you can see, the atheistic communism that he prophesied and the socialism, we can see it rising up in our nation. Uh, that sounded ridiculous. If you'd have read that prophecy in 1970, you'd have thought that was ridiculous. But here we are. And look how fast it's coming. Um, and so this time, this, this was before then that the Lord appeared to him. And, and I'm, that was another part of this before this doesn't pertain to what we're talking about now. But I'm going to kind of come in the middle of this. About that time, the Holy Spirit came upon me again. It seemed as if a wind were blowing on me. I've had that experience. It, you'll feel the Holy Spirit blowing on you like a strong wind. But then when that wind comes on you, it doesn't just go around you. It goes through you. You can feel it. It's like it's going. You can feel it inside of you coming out of, straight through you. It's, it's a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Uh, wind blowing on me, I fell flat on my face on the platform. As I lay under the power of God, it seemed as if I were standing on a high plane somewhere in space. 
I could see for miles and miles around me, just as one can stand on the great plains of the United States and gaze off into the distance for miles. I looked in every direction, but I could, couldn't see a sign of life anywhere. There were no trees or grass, no flowers or vegetation of any kind. There were no birds or animals. I felt lonely. I was not conscious of my earthly surroundings. As I looked to the west, see that's how talked about how sometimes you just know things. How would you know you're looking west in this? Well, you just know by the Spirit. Uh, as, so anyway, as I looked to the west, I saw what appeared to be a tiny dot on the horizon. It was the only moving thing I could see. I watched it grow larger and larger, and it came toward me, taking on shape and form. Soon I could see it was a horse. As it came closer, I could see a man on the horse. He was riding at full speed. As he approached, I could see that he had the reins of the horse's bridle in his right hand, and in his left hand, above his head, he held a scroll of paper. When the horseman reached me, this was probably an angel, I guess. When the, when the horseman reached me, he pulled on the reins and stopped, and I stood on his right. He passed the scroll from his left hand to his right hand and handed it to me. As I unrolled the scroll, which was a roll of paper about 12 to 14 inches long, he said, take and read. At the top of the page, in big, bold, black print, were the words, war and destruction. I was struck dumb. He laid his right hand on my head and said, read in the name of Jesus. I began to read what was written on the paper, and as the words instructed me, I looked and saw what I had just read about. For the first time... For, for I, first, I read about thousands upon thousands of men in uniform. As I looked, I saw these men marching wave after wave, soldiers marching as to war. As I looked in every direction, they were going as far as I could see. There were thousands of men marching. I turned and read the scroll again and saw what I just read about. I saw many women, old women with snowy white hair, middle-aged women, young women, teenagers. Some of the younger ones held babies in their arms. All of the women were bowed over together in sorrow and were weeping profusely. Those who did not carry babies held their hands on their stomachs as they bowed over and wept. Tears flowed from their eyes like water. I looked at the scroll again and again I looked to see what I had read about. I saw, we're beginning to see this come to pass now, this is talking about America, by the way. I used to read this when I first read this. I thought it was talking about other countries. It's America. Uh, I looked to see what I was... I saw the skyline of a large city. Looking closer, I saw skyscrapers were burned out halls. Portions of the city lay in ruins. It was not just written that one city would be destroyed and burned in ruins, but there would be many such cities. Now, this next section here is where I got the title of the message, America's Last Call. The scroll was written in the first person. And it seemed as if Jesus himself were speaking. I read, America is receiving her last call. Some nations already have received their last call and will never receive another. Let me repeat that. Um, America is receiving her last call. Some nations have received their last call and will never receive another. That's pretty strong. Then in larger print, it said, The time of the end of all things is at hand. This statement was repeated four or five times. Jesus said also this was the last great revival. He went on to say that all the gifts of the Spirit 
will be in manifestation operation in the church in these last days. The church will do greater things than even the early church did. That's why we read about the Holy Spirit earlier. It will have greater power, signs, and wonders than were recorded in the Acts of the Apostles. He said that we have seen and experienced many healings, but now we'll behold amazing miracles that we have not seen before. Jesus continued, more and more miracles will be performed in the last days, which are just ahead, for the time of the gift of working of miracles to be in more prominence. You know, it's that time. We have now entered into the era of the miraculous. Now listen. This is a warning to all of us, this part. Many of my own people will not accept the moving of my spirit and will turn back and not be ready to meet me at my coming. Many will be deceived by false prophets and miracles of satanic origin, but follow the word of God, the spirit of God, and me, and you will not be deceived. For I am gathering my own together and preparing them for the time is short. There were several... Other exhortations to watchfulness, to awake and pray and be not deceived. And I read that as it was in the days of Noah, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. As I spoke to Noah, for yet seven days I will for yet seven days I will cause it to rain upon the earth, forty days and forty nights, and every living thing that I have made will be destroyed from off the face of the earth. So today I am speaking and giving America her last warning and call to repentance. For the time that is left is comparable to the time of Noah. The last seven days of Noah. Judgment is coming. Warn this generation as Noah did his generation. By the way, people he's talking about this generation, they're 70 years old now. These are people in their 70s today. And these things shall be fulfilled shortly, for I am coming soon. Jesus repeated, this is the last revival. I am preparing my people for my coming. Judgment is coming, but I will call my people away even unto myself before the worst shall come. Be faithful and watch and pray for the end of all things is at hand. Now here's an important part. At this time, the time I had this vision, as Brother Hagen talking, naturally I interpreted the scenes to mean that America would experience the devastation of war. But, and you know, prophecies can be fulfilled uh, they don't have to all happen at once. Sometimes they can be fulfilled over decades. And so he said here, when I saw the television and newspaper photographs of the destruction wrought by the student rebellions and race riots of the 60s, I realized those scenes partially fulfilled this vision. Here we are again. Here we are again. And those who were present that night said, I read the scroll aloud for 30 minutes. I can't remember all of it. I handed the scroll back to the writer. He went away in the direction he had come. I was conscious of the fact that I laid flat on the floor on my face. For a few minutes I remained there feeling the glory of this miraculous visitation. Uh, we've seen, I'm, I'm just going to tell you a little bit what's bound to happen. This isn't a negative confession. It's just where we're going. If you think you saw riots earlier this year, you just wait a few months. Because they're going to get worse. They're not going to get better. This said I saw skyscrapers as burned out halls. We didn't see that, we didn't see that much destruction yet. But I will tell you this. There's nothing to be afraid of in this. Because at the same time that all this destruction has happened, God in his church and in his house is going to be pouring out his spirit. 
and the comfort and the safety that comes with the Holy Spirit, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. But um, let's go. Well, let's do it this way. Let's go to uh, Matthew 20. Matthew 20. I'm going to read in the New Living. Okay. It's so important to understand the importance of the Holy Spirit in our lives. God wants us to be full of His Spirit and so that we can be led even in safety in these days, you know. Think of people in, in some of these big cities. All the difference in the world if the Holy Spirit says, don't go your usual route today, go this way. And they avoid somebody, you know, smashing their car or even killing them. It's important to be led. He'll lead you into safety. So is there good news? Well, of course there's good news. Even in, in that one word, God said, I'm going to call my people away to myself before the worst of this shall come. So the worst you see it getting, just realize you're getting closer to glory. And this part I want to really emphasize. This is so important. This is actually the good news. Okay? For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay the normal daily wage. He sent them out to work at 9 o'clock in the morning. He was passing through the marketplace and saw some people standing around doing nothing. So he hired them, telling them, I will pay you whatever is right at the end of the day. So they went to work in the vineyard. At noon and again at 3 o'clock, he did the same thing. He said, come on, come, come work in here. I'll pay you what's right at the end of the day. Uh, at 5 o'clock in the afternoon, this would be the 11th hour of the workday. When you read in the King James, it talks about the 11th hour. Uh, but this is translating it here. At 5 o'clock in the afternoon, he was in town again and saw some more people standing around. He asked them, why haven't you been working today? And they replied, because no one hired us. The landowner told them, then go out and join the others in my vineyard. And that evening, he told the foreman to call the workers in and pay them, beginning with the last workers first. When those hired at 5 o'clock were paid, they received a full day's wage. The 11th hour workers got a full day's wage, even though they only worked an hour. Each received a full day's wage. When those hired first came to get their wage... They, too, were paid a day's wage. Remember, that's what they agreed to. When they received their pay, they protested to the owner. Those people worked only one hour, and you paid them just as much as you paid us who worked all day in the scorching heat. He answered one of them, Friends, I haven't been unfair. Did you not agree to work all day for the usual wage? Take your money and go. I wanted to pay these last workers the same as you. Is it against the law for me to do what I want with my money? Should you be jealous because I'm, I'm kind to others? In the King James, I think it says, what, what is it to you that I'm good? So those who are now last will be first, and those who were first will be last. Remember, he called them in that order. So that's one thing that God put on my heart to tell about this. Even though there's some dangerous times coming up for this country, 
And even though some people may have felt like they wasted their whole lives, what God is saying people to, to people today and what I want to tell you today is jump on in. Be a last hour worker. You'll get your full reward because God is good. He's going to pay the last hour workers the same as the first. You will get your full reward. So there's nothing to be anxious about. There's nothing to be full of fear about. But it is time to give yourself over to God totally and give yourself to the Holy Spirit, tongues and all. Dear Father God, I pray for everyone here. I pray, Lord, that you would give us a revelation of how important it is to follow and to know your Spirit. Lord, give us a revelation of your of the manifest presence of your Holy Spirit. Let us know you. Let us follow you in this power and in this move that you are bringing on the earth right now so that the light is getting lighter even while the dark is getting darker. We're children of the light. We walk in the light. We'll experience God's goodness. He's good to us in this last hour giving us our full reward. Now, if out there, if any of you don't know this good Savior who wants to pay you a full day's wage for working an hour, then I invite you just to pray this after me. It's not the words that you're praying that matters. It's the decision of your heart. God knows. God knows your heart, and He knows when you truly give yourself to Him. So let's pray this. Dear Father God, I thank you that you gave your Son for me. I believe in my heart that Jesus was raised from the dead for my sins. And I confess you, Lord Jesus, as my Lord. And I thank you that I am now a born-again child of God. In Jesus' name, amen.